Um, if you'll turn with us to Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 4 through 8, we'll read uh, this uh, scripture. Uh, we'll get into what God has for us. But I, I'm so thankful as last week we uh, started looking at vision and values. And we talked about a, a, the vision that we see in, in Scripture, that, that He has left us there, uh, the vision of what Christ desires for us to, to be, to do. And we, we discussed it, we simplified it, and brought it down into a simple statement of, of that we are walking towards Christ with our community. Uh, that we're moving towards Him, that we are pursuing Him, but we're not doing it alone. We are doing our best to, to bring our community, our neighbors, our friends, those that live around us, to bring them along with us, to start the journey or continue the journey, no matter where they're at, that we are walking and moving towards Christ. But to do that, we must have strong values. Uh, we must have an idea of who it is that we are and how we are to live our lives. And Scripture uh, just lists multiple things that Christ and, and the early leaders leaders begin to talk about and discuss when they're talking about values or how Christians should live their life. And today I want to talk about using our gifts, using our, our gifts that God has given us and that He has showed us. So in Romans 12, 4 through 8, it reads like this, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. And he who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So it lists these ideas of what these gifts that we're talking about here. Oftentimes we look at Corinthians or some other Paul's writings where we're talking about gifts, gifts of the Spirit. But here well, I want to focus on Romans, these gifts that, that he has given us. But first we want to understand what it is that we have. Verse 6 talks about that. It says that each one has been given something different, something unique to them. And just as, as that is saying, we each one are unique. Not ever, everyone that comes in here on Sunday mornings has the same gifts and graces. Right. We all have something different about us, a different unique quality or characteristic that makes us special to Christ and also makes us usable to Christ. But many times we come into church feeling unqualified or unconfident. This is what we oftentimes say, I don't have any gifts that Christ can use. I don't have anything that He can use in my life. I don't have any gifts or talents or abilities. I don't even have maybe money or, or anything that I can use for His glory. And the enemy wants you to believe that. He wants you to believe that you have no ability to do anything of profit or of worth or of benefit for the kingdom of Christ. Because if he can make you believe that, then you're not going to do anything. You will just sit still and maybe you'll come to church more often than not. And if you don't have that calling in your life that you're pursuing, then your church attendance begins to slide. To report, you're like, why do I even go to church? I'm not doing anything. And the enemy begins to work on that in your life to steal that, what God has called you to do, steal that away from you. But many times we think that a, a gift or, is something that we're good at, something that we enjoy, but we don't need to limit our understanding of gifts to that idea. We need to understand that when you look at, at Gideon, he didn't have what you would think as a warrior's attribute, but he did have a relationship with Christ. He did have trust and faith 
in Him, believing that He could do anything. So if you'd ask Gideon, what did he, what's your gift, Gideon? He would not have said a warrior because he didn't think that he was good at that. It wasn't something that he thought that he would enjoy. But Christ called him into that. Also look at David. David spent his early lifetime around sheep. That's all that he was around. Yet God called him to be a king. He didn't spend his life around diplomats and kings and and different things like that. He spent it around meek, humble creatures as sheep. But God took him and said, hey, I know you have no experience with it. I know you have nothing that teaches or that people would see and say that, oh, he's he's got this gift of being a leader, of being a king, but I want to take you and I want to use you as a king. So when we, as, as we talk about gifts, and as you think about in your life, what are my gifts, don't just look around and say, what am I good at? Don't just look around and say, what do I like to do? Because many times God will raise something up in you that you never saw in yourself. Amen. And say, this is the gift that I have for you. Yeah. And you may not know it until you begin to follow the, the leading of the Holy Spirit. Maybe we do know what our gift is, but we view it as undesirable. We don't think that it's that great of a gift. Maybe it, it, maybe we know how to fix things, and I'm like, well, I just don't really think that that's really usable to the kingdom. We, we view other people's gifts and say, man, their gift is so awesome, so great. I'm just this person. I'm just this lowly thing. I don't really do this much of anything. But God uses our gifts no matter how we view them. They are greater than we could ever imagine. I think of the story in, in, in the New Testament where the, the little lad it says that there was thousands that needed to be fed and the disciples wanted to send them all away. They said, what can we feed them with? We have nothing. They said, all we have is these five loaves and these two fishes. And Christ took what many people thought was undesirable or inconsequential or not enough and He used that gift to fulfill the purpose that He was needing fulfilled in that moment, in that time. The gift that God has given you is not unimportant. The gift that you have is not small. The gift that you have can make a difference. Just sometimes we might not have been put in the situation or the place or applied it yet to a point where we, it actually begins to we see the fruits of what our gift can do. So whatever your gift is, you begin to seek and to pray, Lord, what is my gift? Lord, or what it is you have you called me to do? What is it that you are raising up in me, raising up in my children, raising up in my family? As He begins to reveal it to you, never view it as unworthy, never view it as, as lower, never view it as, as little. It is great in God's eyes. So what we need to understand and begin to realize and come to a place where we know what it is that we have, what gift that we have. It may be one that's listed here in this scripture. Maybe prophecy is just talking about giving revelation into what God's Word says, into truth of who God is. It more frequently we refer to it as preaching, or, or just that's just revealing truth of the Scripture. There's also, it talks about teaching. It talks about leading. It talks about those that give. It talks about ministering. Ministering, the Greek breaks down into this, serving. Yeah. Waiting at a table. Serving others. And that could be your gift. You might say, how is that a gift? We need people to serve those that are broken. We need people that will humble themselves and go to people that the other world, will, everybody else will push away. We need people that says, I will serve those. And that's a gift. 
Scripture talks about all these gifts here just in this place, seven different gifts. Maybe it fits into one of those. Maybe it's, it's a little bit different. Maybe it is something that you're using your hands for. Maybe it is something that you're, you're going. Maybe it's evangelizing. Maybe it's relating to people. Maybe it's just being there for people. Whatever it is, use your gift. Whatever it is, find out what it is that you have. And then when you know what you have, you need to ask yourself, what am I doing with it? What am I doing with what I have? I think there's three things that we can do with it. Or, uh, four, fourth, and the fourth is the good one. The third one, we can do too little. We do too little with our gifts. We talked last week about ownership, taking ownership of our community, of our church, and saying, hey, I'm going to step up and I'm going to do something for our church. When we do too little, what we say is, yes, I like those things that go on there, but I don't want to take part in that. I'm not going to take ownership of it. We do too little with our gifts. We let them sit on a shelf and we don't practice them. We don't use them for God's glory. Maybe we do it at home. Maybe we do it behind closed doors and maybe nobody sees what we do. But we need to make sure that we are using our gifts and don't use it too little. Sometimes, though, we try to do something different. Sometimes we look at somebody else's life. Man, I see what they're doing. and They're gifted in this and we try to mirror that. But that's not what we're called to do. We're not called to be Estel. We're not called to be Gilbert. We're not called to be Jacob. We're not called to be Julie. You're called to be you, working within the gifts that God has given you, not trying to replicate the gifts that God has given someone else. When we do something like that, we get to the place where we're comparing ourselves to other people and where we're envious of other people's gifts. In the church house, while other people are serving, we'll look around and become envious of what it is that they're doing because we think, I should be doing that. But instead, we're not living out the calling that God has put on our life because we're too envious or too busy comparing ourselves to somebody else and what they're doing. Let us do what it is that we are called to do. Because guess what? If you're comparing yourself to somebody that has a, a gift of song or a gift of serving or a gift of this, and you're trying to replicate that and that's not your gift you'll always feel like you're coming up short. You'll always feel like that you're not enough, that you're not being who it is that God wants you to be, that there's something wrong with you, that there's something wrong with your family, that the devil will tell you you've sinned and you've fallen from God or you're not in the right place, and you'll feel like I'm not enough. But you're just living a life where you're not practicing your gift, you're trying to practice somebody else's gift. But also we try to do too much. You say, how can I do too much for God? Here's what it is. What do the disciples tell the early church? They said, hey, we need to call these deacons and we're going to set them up to serve tables because they said we need to focus on the gospel. They need to focus on, on this. They need to do their calling. I need to do my calling. Many times in churches we get too busy doing godly things that we stop serving God. There's a difference between busyness and serving. There's a lot of churches that are really busy. There's a lot of people that are really busy. There's a lot of people that have a lot going on and they're good things, but they're so busy, busy doing these good things that they've forgotten what it is to truly serve God with their heart and truly live within their gifts and their calling. 
I, I, my life for the longest time, I was I struggled with that. I always I always try to be doing something. I thought the more I did, the, the the holier my life was. The more I did, the better representative of God I was. The more I did, the just the, the better pastor, the better Christian, or whatever it was. But I realized that what I ended up being uh, by being too busy with my life, I left out the room. I didn't give myself room to truly do what God had called me to do, and I was prioritizing the wrong things. Now, this is not to say, oh, that's not my job. I don't need to do it. But we need to understand our limitations. We need to understand our limitations on what it is that we can do and what we need to do. There's a lot of things in life that God has called us to do. Those are the things that we need to do. Then if we still have time in our life, we can do other things in church or help other people. But we must know where that line is of where my limit ends. We'll become burnout. We'll become weak. We'll become drained. And we'll get to the point where I just, I, just, I just can't do it anymore. I looked up this week reasons that people don't serve. Reasons that people don't serve. Reasons that people don't use their gifts. Reasons that people don't volunteer in their church. And, and, and there's a big long list of this, but I want to just pick out a few. Um, some of the common ones are I'm too busy with work. Or I'm too busy with family commitments. Uh, my, me and my spouse, we only get time on, on the weekends, uh, to, so we, we can't prioritize that. I don't know what gifts God has given me. We've talked about that. No one asked me to. This is an invitation asking you to, if you whatever you're called to do, to do it. I've come from another church. I'm just burnt out. I, I, I'm being honest. There's some Sundays, Monday mornings, I wake up and I just feel burnt out. I feel, I, I've poured myself in the last week and, and, I, and I'm weak and I, I feel burnt out and, and, and I have to push through that sometimes because I know I still need to be living within whatever calling that God has called me to as the pastor of this church. Um, I don't want to commit to anything in advance. They don't, people don't want to commit to church sometimes. They don't want to commit to serving sometimes. Um, some people think that the pastor and the deacons are the only ones that are supposed to be doing things that they don't need to be using their callings because that's what the pastor's and the deacons do. Uh, some people point the finger at the young people, say the young people should be serving. They've got energy. They've got time. They're the ones that should be serving. Then um, sometimes they just don't get anything out of it. People think that I don't get anything out of serving. I don't get anything out of volunteering my time. And then some people just don't want to. And there's all, all kinds of other reasons that people fail to serve or volunteer or, or commit their time. But we need to understand that we are called to commit our time. We are called to serve and the thing with all these issues of doing too little or of doing something else that's really not your calling or, or trying to do too much is all these issues, none of them are what God has called us to do. He doesn't call us to do too little. He doesn't call us to do too much. He doesn't call us to do somebody else's calling. He calls us to do our calling. And when we do, not do, when we do one of these things that's not what God has called us to do, it leaves us unfulfilled. It leaves us drained. It leaves us feeling like we've not done enough. It leaves us feeling empty. It leaves us feeling like there's something more that we should be doing or that we've done too much. It gives us all these feelings that God doesn't desire for us to have when we are serving the church. But I love what verse 6 says. It says, let us use them. Some of you might say, well, I don't want to do too little, so I'm just not going to serve. I don't want to do too much, so I'm not going to serve. I don't want to do this or that, so I'm not going to serve. We are called to use our gifts. Whatever it is that God has called us to, we are called to use them. Using our gift adds purpose and meaning to our lives. 
The big question that everybody asks, the philosophical question is, why are we here? What are we called to do? What is our purpose in this life? Our purpose is to do what we are called to do, to use our gifts. We are created with these gifts to use these gifts. Me and Tara went through our kitchen not too too long ago. And as we began to go through the different utensils that we we had, I began to realize there's a lot of things in here that we just really don't, the purpose that it's made for, we don't really have any any use for. We had an avocado slicer, and we don't eat avocado. I mean, if we eat avocado, it's at guacamole at El Rey's or someplace like that, okay? We, we don't eat avocados. So, but this thing had a, a purpose for to use, and, and they'll sell you. They'll think that you need something for every little thing that you do. But what I realize is everything, everybody in the church has a purpose. Amen. And some people's purpose isn't being fulfilled. Some people's purpose, they're just, they've been sitting on the shelf. They've been sitting in their pew. They've been tucked behind every other person in the church, every other thing, and they just are not living out their purpose. Now, avocado slasher doesn't have a, a, any kind of place in our home because we don't have purpose for it. But God has placed you here because He has a purpose for you here. You're not just here just to, to be poured into. You're not just here because it's a nice church to be a part of or just because you live next door. You are here because God has a purpose for the gifts that He has given you so for you to use them here. So just like there's many things in our in our kitchen that we, we could we just donated and we got rid of, there is nobody here that we can do without. There is nobody here that is inconsequential or does not have a part to play in our church. We all need to be using our gifts in our church. When we use our gifts, though, it gives room for us to give praise to the one who gave us the gifts. When we are practicing the gifts and the calling that God has given us, it ultimately points back to Christ. Because our gifts, truly when we're practicing them, we cannot do them without Christ working within us. We can't. So every time I do something that I'm called to do, it points and gives glory back to God. And ultimately, me practicing my gifts gives praise to Him. And it shows Him and shows Him appreciation and we give Him thanks. Let me put it this way. Me and Tara are celebrating our anniversary next week. Um, and just like we do always, we, we gave each other our gifts too early. Um, just the only reason I have one gift left is because it's not got here yet. Um, it's, just, it's just what we do, okay? Um, we're okay with it. Um, we're, we're, we're happy with it. Uh, but what I've realized over the time as I've got to know her and as I've got to understand what it means to be a husband and, and a godly husband is, is when she gives me something... I can tell her how much I'm thankful for it, but if I want to truly show her my appreciation for the gifts she's given me, I need to use it. When I use it, she knows that I'm appreciative of it. When I put that shirt on that she's bought me, when I go out and, and use the, the tool that she bought me, or, I, or whatever it may be that she has, he's given me as a gift that she thought enough to give me, when I use it, it shows her how much it means to me. The same thing is, is true with Christ. When we use the gifts He has given us, we show Him how much we appreciate that He thought enough to give it to us. When we are practicing and living and walking in our calling, we're saying, God, 
I don't know what you saw in me, but you saw enough in me to give me this, to call me to this. I'm going to be actively participating in it so you know that I am thankful. And that gratitude and that thankfulness and that servant's heart that we begin to develop will always give glory to God. Because we're saying, it's not me, but it's Christ. Have you ever had the opportunity? And I, and somebody would compliment a shirt that I got from Tara. And they say, man, that's a nice shirt. Where did you get it? I'll say, my wife gave it to me. And it's in those instances when we are serving Christ. And maybe it's through song. Or maybe it's through serving. Through ministering. Through, maybe through scripture that we're giving. Through teaching like Gilbert does or others do. Maybe it's through one of these callings. And somebody says, man, you just have an awesome gift. We can turn around and point to Christ and say, it's this Christ. That has given me this gift. And anything good that you see in me, it comes from Him. But as long as I fail to use it, as long as I am not using and practicing the gifts that He has given me, as long as I allow them to to sit on a shelf, to, to just remain inside of me, hidden from the world around me, not letting people see what God has done in my life, I'm not showing and giving glory to Christ. And maybe... Just like maybe our wives or our husbands would, Christ, like, don't they like it? Don't do they wish it was something else? Do they not know how much I paid for this? Do they not know how much I care for them to give them this gift? I wish they would use it. I wish they would take it out and use it. I don't want to hide my gifts. I don't want to be given such a great gift of of whatever it is that I'm able to do or called to do. I don't want to hide away from that and say, I'll do it some other time. Or I don't want to do that. Or I'm too busy to do that. Or there's other things I need to do. Or maybe I just don't want to do it. I don't want to allow that to make that decision for me. I want to use my gifts. I want you to use their gifts. There's some of you, I don't know what your gifting is. There's some of you, I don't know what your calling is. But I want to know. I want to know what it is that God has specifically called you to do. I want to know the gifts that He has given your family, given your children, given your spouse. I want to know. The church needs your gift. The community needs your gift. So use it. Let us use it. The Bible talks about um, talents. How there was a, a master who uh, told his servants, he said, I, I'm going away for a while. I'm going to give you these talents to use. And he said, you know, use them wisely. So he goes off and he gives one five and I think one two and one one. And the one with five went and multiplied his and used it. And as he used it, it grew. And with two... He went and used it. And as he used it, it it grew. The one with one took and hid it away. He said, I I don't want to, basically, layman's term, I don't want to mess around with this. I don't want to mess up. So I'd rather just hide it than to try to do something with it and mess it up. And it says the master came back and, and he praised the one with the five and multiplied it. And he praised the one with two that multiplied it. But the one with one, he went and he, he dug it up and he presents it to the master. And he tells him, he's honest with him. He says, I didn't want to mess up, so I didn't do anything. He said, basically, the master says, don't, don't you realize you've been better off going and, and just 
doing little with it for my glory than, than to do nothing with it. And he took what the one had and he gave it to the one with five. We each have a purpose. And until we are actively fulfilling our purpose in our lives, there will always be a part of us that feels like there's something else. Even when we are saved, if we are not living out the life that God has called us to do, there will always be a nagging, an emptiness, a yearning to be living out the purpose that God has given you. You won't be experiencing the fullness of the joy that God has to offer you until you live it, until you use it, until you take it out of the closet or the wherever it is that you placed it and, and show it to the world. Say, this is what God has given me. I am, um, I'll close with this. I grew up loving Pokemon. Yu-Gi-Oh! Collected the cards until mom decided Yu-Gi-Oh! was demonic and she burned them all, okay? That's how it went. Um, and now, Pokemon is is back, okay? You know? So there's some cards that are worth hundreds of thousands of dollars and I'm thinking, man, what in the world did I have? And there's all, there's all these stories of people going to their closets to where they've tucked away their unwanted things and, and digging through it and bringing out this thing, this Pokemon card that they had and realizing that what they had was so valuable but they didn't realize it because they had hid it away and never showed the world. That thing that you've had maybe since you were a child, that yearning that God has put in your life for since you were a young adult, from since you first got married, from since you first started coming to church, and you've just hid it away, you've pushed it down. It's like, no, I, I, like that's not my calling. That's not what God wants me to do. Surely, how am I supposed to use that for God's glory? What am I supposed to do with that that thing that you've hidden hidden inside of you for so long? If you would just get it out and reveal it to the world, you will see that there's value in it beyond what you could ever imagine. More than you'd ever thought there could be use for it, God has a use for it. Amen. But let us not leave it hidden away. But let us use our gifts. I love coming to church and being with you all, worshiping with you all, serving with you all. But I want to see our people not just coming to church, but being the church by using the gifts that God has given them, not just in the church building, but with their neighbors, in the supermarket, at their homes, with your families. The gifts that you've been given are supposed to be used in all areas of your life. So let us use them for God's glory, for His praise, to worship Him, let us do that. Let us not do too little. Let us not do too much. And let us not try to live out somebody else's calling. But live out your calling and your gifts faithfully. And stand back and see what God does. Stand back and see what God does.